0: The winner of Queen's Trial finally announced, Evangeline Samos will be the next Queen of Norda. But Queen's Trial brought forth more than the future Queen. It also brought us the long-lost Lady of House Titanos. I'm Greg Rockefeller.
1: I'm Beth Rockefeller.
2: And I'm Mia Rockefeller. And this is Reading with the Rockefellers, a Family Book Club podcast.
0: Today, we are discussing Red Queen by Victoria Aviard. So grab a copy and join
1: us on this literary journey.
2: Your schedule is as follows. 07.30, breakfast. 0800, protocol. 11.30, luncheon. 1300, lessons. 1800, dinner. Lucas will escort you to all. Schedule is non-negotiable. Her Royal Highness Queen Alara of House Mirandas.
1: Welcome to Reading with the Rockefellers. This is Episode 6, Red Queen, Chapters 12 and 13.
0: So my question is, when does she go to the bathroom?
2: I don't think I'm going to be asking that question.
0: Because this is like seven days. This is like her life now. Yeah. I do think it's dawned on her. Like, she wakes up and hears this note saying, this is what you do every day.
2: Yeah. I think it's just, like, if you need to go to the bathroom during these things, like, ask to go to the bathroom. Unless you're with a Laura, in mm-hmm. which case she will tell you no.
0: Yeah, should she know if you need to go to the bathroom?
2: <laughs> I really feel like she's not looking for those those types of things. It's not, it's not a thing she would necessarily be looking for.
0: Right. So, I, I know one of the things that I think... Does Mare not even point this out? She's always been terrible at school.
2: No, she does.
1: Oh, yeah, she mentions it 12 or 13 okay. times.
2: At least. Because she's kind of whiny a little bit.
1: She's really, really not happy about this part of it.
2: No, no, she's, she's not. already not
1: happy about the marrying a prince thing, and now she's like, and I got to go to school.
2: She literally, right. she literally says in her inner monologue, My mind swims at the thought of five hours of lessons, remembering how terrible I was at school. Sounds like me.
1: Sentiment that is expressed multiple times.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Even when she's in lessons, she's like, man, I shouldn't be here. I I suck at school. So
0: So is this when the uh, don't like the maids and servants come in now? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They
2: do that whole thing again. It's
0: kind of like, yeah, there's just like, Powder flying in the air, and perfume, and then they kind of mold her into what they want her to look like now. hmm What do they do with her this morning?
2: I mean, mostly what they did with her the previous day.
0: Make her look like a silver princess? Yeah. Good luck.
2: <laughs> I mean, she can look like one, but she can't act like one yet.
0: So the first item is breakfast. Is this where she's going to head first?
2: Yep, that's where
1: she where she goes first. She and Lucas have some fun little jesting back and forth. It's nice to see Mara let her guard down for about point four seconds while she's walking <laughs> to breakfast.
0: And I think it also it establishes that in the Silver World, what she thought wasn't necessarily true. They're not necessarily omnipotent, and they're also not all necessarily evil people. Because Lucas is. Kind of treats her with a little bit of respect.
2: Yeah, they have a little bit of a friendship. Very, I'm. Um,
0: almost like brother. Apprehensive to use like the word brother sister the way they kind of poke at each other as we'll see in this chapter. A little
2: bit. It is. They do have kind of a brother sister relationship with how they talk to each other. The kind of banter that they have. It's really cute.
0: So who does uh who's Mare having breakfast with this morning?
2: Alara. And Evangeline. Her
0: two favorite people.
2: Uh huh. Those are the only two people in the room besides her. Fun.
0: And so, how does that go? How does this breakfast go?
2: <sighs> I mean, not well. Evangeline makes fun of Mare.
0: Mare throws herself a pity
2: party. A little bit.
0: She does that a lot. She, should she does. She does that
2: a lot as well, yeah.
0: And then we have Evangeline, obviously harassing her. Which is oh, her, course. her favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. But she does find out this breakfast when and where the luncheon is correct, which is going to be like the last thing where they'll have their luncheon with all the Queen's trial girls and mm-hmm. they're gonna head off. Does she not find out when this is or where this is at this breakfast?
2: Um, I think so. I mean, she knows when it is because of the schedule, right? But yeah, she finds out where it's.
0: So, but the thing that's key here is that she's finding out that they're going to be, at the end of this, her lesson and protocol when they get to this final luncheon, they're going to be leaving. Including her. Has this fully dawned on Mare at this point that she's going to be going to Archeon with them?
2: Not really until Alara says it, but as soon as she realizes it, it really scares her.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I I think she knew this was, all this has happened so fast, and I think she knew that her life was getting upended, but this is, like, for realsies now. She's she's leaving anywhere close to home at this point, right?
2: Yeah, and it's really worrying for her, because at least when she's in Somerton, she's close to home, but when she goes to Archeon, she's going to be so far from her family.
0: Exactly, and she's made this deal and asked them to get her brothers and Kalorn out of conscription and brought back home. They say they're going to take care of her family, but does she have any real proof of any of this? If they're leaving, how is she going to be able to verify any of this? Exactly. I think it's the one thing that kind of keeps her going is that she's actually doing a good thing for her family. Mm -hmm. Okay, so breakfast is ending Mm -hmm. This brings us to a Our first What we have written down as the funny Mayor Lucas moments Yeah. So what is this? What happens here?
2: So Mayor comes out of breakfast And Lucas is obviously waiting there to take her to protocol And uh, He says that she has Watermelon on her face Because of course she does And Alara and Evangeline didn't say anything because hmm. it's just how they roll, and she's just like, "Oh, of course I do," because why wouldn't I? You know, that's the perfect topper to this day already. <sighs>
1: it reminds me of that part in Cruella after she has the trash spill on her or whatever. And she has that, that piece of banana on her
2: face, but not not Then she just eats it. She eats it. So <laughs> gross. Oh. Mom and I are fans of Cruella, by the way. So this
1: is where um, we meet a fun new character. It's so fun. And, oh. yeah, yeah. Hot take. This is who I want Elizabeth Banks to play in the series.
0: Lady Blonos? Yes. Blonos? I think yeah. it could be hilarious. It,
2: it could. I think it could work, too. Like.
1: For sure. If
2: If she's gonna be in it this would be the perfect character
1: the way they describe her is so funny it's so weird I can I can picture her so clearly in my head like after seeing the pictures from the Sex and the City remake of Charlotte's face it's like that's what friggin' Lady Blonos is the half bottom half of her face looks like.
0: Yeah, they say it's like smooth, tight skin, almost like yeah. plastic.
1: Basically her eyes are like the only part of her that look real. And the rest is just fake. Yeah. It's all plastic.
0: <clears throat> and the key factor here is Lady what is Lady Blonos? Do we find out what her ability is at this point? Yeah. She's a blood healer.
2: Yeah. Which means she can only heal herself, and that's why she looks like that.
0: And that's also a good thing for if Mare accidentally loses control of her powers at some point, she can heal herself.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's why they put Mare with her. Yes, One of the reasons. Yeah, one of the reasons. That she doesn't have to worry about hurting her.
0: And what's Lady Blonos's? what is her goal here? What's her job, her part in all of this, mayor business. To
1: teach Mayor how to be a lady.
2: Good luck, honey. I
1: love Mayor's response. This is going to be awful.
2: Yeah. 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 Well, for but, both parties involved.
0: Yeah, for well, sure. She's got, like, posture lessons and etiquette lessons, but then she also has to learn all the houses. And yeah. All the... The nobles and all of that—that that I'm sure she really could care less about. And which fork
1: you're supposed to use at dinner, yeah. and all that stupid stuff.
2: It took me four books to memorize all that. Yeah. <laughs> all that stuff. She gets a nice, a nice brief
1: respite by watching Cal and Maven train and blow stuff
0: up.
2: Yeah. Does, does that's sh- that's fun mention, for her.
0: Does she mention Cal's beefiness again? Because every time she sees Cal early on, she mentions his basically rippling muscles. (laughs)
1: Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Strength and power are the first things that come to mind. So she's definitely...
0: She notices Cal.
1: Yeah.
2: Swole Cal. Swole Cal. Don't you
0: dare. (laughs) It's a thing. Deal with it.
1: It's a major thing.
0: So does anything, just first protocol session with Lady Blonos, does anything interesting happen here?
2: Nothing too interesting. You know, she has the posture lessons and all that stuff. Uh, Etiquette and learning the hierarchy among the high houses and all that stuff. So, really fun for her. It's Just a blast for Mary to do.
0: Okay, so after protocol, we go to what? And this is where, yeah, at lunch, yeah, <laughs> oh, Mayor meets a couple of the uh, other girls from the Queen's trial, correct? Yep. Who do we meet?
2: Uh, two girls that specifically come up and talk to her are Sonia Erol and Elaine Haven.
0: Okay. Do we know what their what these um, their abilities of these silvers are? Well. Sonja's a silk.
2: Yeah. Oh, it does say both of them. Never mind. Yeah.
1: She's a silk and they are They're
0: like super quick and agile. Yeah.
2: And they have like perfect balance and agility. They're
0: like ninjas. Which they're
2: seems really like really quiet, very cat like. Yeah, which seems like one of the lamest abilities. It kinda does. But would I, you rather be like a whisper or a silk?
1: Well, I mean, yeah. It would come in handy in Mare's profession.
2: That's true. And then, um,
1: Elaine is a shadow. hmm We've seen one of those before. They can yeah. bend light. So Elaine uses it to make herself look beautiful. Of course.
2: Of course. Because that's all teenage girls care about.
0: But we meet somebody else here. We meet Sonia's grandmother, correct? Yeah. What's the deal with, what's the deal with grandma?
2: So.
1: Oh, wait, we get a flinch count in there real oh,
2: quick Oh, really? She yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen it.
1: No, Mare does.
2: Yeah. She flinches. That's that's fun. Yeah.
1: Okay,
0: on to the panther.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Is that, is that who the grandma is?
2: Yeah, that's what they call her. That's what the they call panther? her. The panther. Yeah. She's like a
0: spy, right?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was a spy for a while. And then I guess she got old and retired the for some panther. reason. But uh, she kind of tries to get Mare to slip up and to catch her in a lie because... She doesn't believe everything, but she can't come right out and say it.
1: Well, plot twist. She knew the Mr. and Mrs. Titanos. Yeah. Or Lord Titanos and Lady Knoll.
2: Yeah.
0: So she's trying to bust Mayor Mm on this.
2: Because one of her reasoning is that uh, both her quote-unquote parents had blue eyes. But Mare's eyes are brown. So, how did that happen?
0: And then, Elaine, she just has boring grandma, right? She doesn't have any kind of grandma (laughs) that's got any powers. I mean,
2: mean, she's got
0: abilities, I'm sure, but she's not a spy or anything cool. We
2: don't necessarily meet her grandma, so that's what we're going to assume.
0: Doing a grandma check.
2: Yeah, only one grandma in this chapter. Yeah, only one cool grandma.
0: So, does she manage to catch Mare, or is Mare able to, to navigate this situation?
2: Mare says something that she thinks is just so clever. She pats herself on the back for this one. She says, I am different in many ways. Most I don't even understand yet. And it's, you know, it's not the best, but it gets her off her back, so it's fine.
0: It's actually not a bad line. I mean, in this situation.
2: Yeah, that's true. It works. I mean, she gets all the way up off Mare's back, so it, yeah, it's fine.
0: Does anything else of important of importance happen here at lunch? I know. Uh, right afterwards, we have a conversation with Maven.
2: Yeah, I think that's the next thing that happens, really.
1: Yeah, while she's on her way to lessons, she, yeah, she, she runs into Maven. she
0: basically like Maven. Grandma was trying to bust me a lion. Yeah, she was mean to me. Yeah. She asked me too many questions,
2: and. Maven basically says, "Don't worry, mommy. will handle it." Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna tell, tell my, my mom. Money, my mommy. Yeah, I mean it somehow works. I guess
0: he does say something. He's like he mutters. I know he mutters. He
2: yeah. Dang it! Did I miss a mutter?
1: He
0: mutters. He mutters. I think so. He mutters something along the lines of she shouldn't be bothering you like that. I'll have to talk to my mom, or I'll have to talk to mother.
2: Yeah, she shouldn't bother you like that. I'll let my mother know and she'll take care of it. So,
0: yeah, she needs to back off. I'm telling mommy. I'll I'll (laughs) translate.
1: Mare lets herself have about .5 seconds worth of calmness around Maven. And then she reminds herself that he's Alara's son. And that he's probably hiding
2: something. Yeah.
0: But then, do we not have our second funny Mayor Lucas moment?
2: Yeah, yeah, we do. So, um, she's standing there, because she just had this conversation with Maven, and Lucas comes up and says, you know, we'd get there much faster if you actually
0: moved. <laughs> Bust and chops.
2: shops. Yeah. And- Ask anyone. Yeah, and because they have, like, you know, this friendship, she's just like, Lucas, shut up. <laughs> Shut your mouth.
0: So we see kind of a like I wouldn't necessarily say it's a friendship, but definitely it's not.
2: They don't hate each they other. They don't hate
0: each other and it's Lucas is, you know, pretty cool.
2: Yeah. They can kind of poke fun at each other and no one gets their feelings hurt. It's a it's a it's a beautiful little relationship that they have.
0: So next we have lessons.
2: Ugh. Yeah. And we
0: get to meet another new character, who I think becomes a lot of people's one of their favorite characters. Yeah. I would I would say we get to meet Julian.
2: Yeah, he was your favorite silver at one point, wasn't he?
0: Yeah. He was
1: mine.
2: He's also dad's once. Yeah. And mine. I think I think he kind of there was a point when he was all of our favorites.
0: He's my favorite silver.
2: I also really want this room. Just
0: in general, <laughs> the room that she There's has lessons
2: room, in. Yeah, the room that he basically lives in.
1: Filled with books. shelves and shelves and shelves and shelves and shelves of books, and maps all over the wall, yeah. and just really
0: cool old stuff. He's yeah. got a big map of the the land before it is what it is. Yeah, currently in the book
2: to them it's like an ancient map but it's a map of like the modern US right it's
1: probably what America is right yeah,
0: now. She, then he he even has her point out somerton yeah where yeah where it would be
2: but it's it's written in it's written it and the books are written in like an unknown language but i think it's english
0: it's probably english cuz
2: i think they're not speaking english they're speaking I, like a
0: that would be my yeah.
2: they think of english as we speak it now like we think of old english
0: Possibly. Possibly. Mm -hmm. Or like
1: how Latin kind of evolved into one form is Spanish, one form is Portuguese, you know what I
0: mean? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of evolved. Mm -hmm. It's possible they're not even speaking a language that really we would understand if we were there, but we're hearing everything from Mayor's point of view, so we're hearing it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah.
2: There, are, there are multiple books that are written kind of like that. It's like, this isn't, they aren't speaking in English, but it's written in English.
1: Okay, so I want to ask you guys about this little part that she has with Julian here. She can tell that there are no cameras in this room. Yeah. yeah. And she asks Julian Why? And his response is, so there is a difference. What do you think he means?
2: He means, at least I think he means, that she can tell the difference between the amount of electricity in the room. Like, she can detect that there aren't cameras. At least, on. And so she can't feel that electricity. What do you think, Greg?
1: I'm
0: not sure. I think it could be... Making the point that he's she's different not only from Red or reds, but also even different from Silver's.
1: Yeah. We kind of touch on that here in a
2: little bit.
0: Because she's able to feel that electricity. Yeah. Or lack thereof.
2: hmm She has that electrical sense and, and stuff.
0: And another thing, Julian won't call her Marina. He, yeah. He wants to call her Mary because that's her actual name.
2: Yeah. So he knows everything, but he's not going to tell anybody.
1: There's one thing that I caught um, where I think he says it, I think Julian actually says it to her, that he's going to teach her how to be useful. Yeah. Which is something that Cal had said to her before, is that she was valuable to them as long as she was useful. Yeah. And once she was no longer useful, they would get rid of her. hmm So I think that really, I mean, it piqued my ears, so I'm sure it peaked Mayor's ears. Like, oh, this is something that I really need yeah. to pay attention to. Yes.
2: Like, if I don't listen to this, it could mean, you know, my downfall. And she doesn't want that. Right.
1: Also, he tells her that he wants to help figure, or also try to figure out, like, how she came to be and how her abilities work. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But he lets her know that that is not what the queen wants wants at all. Yeah. And if Alara had it her way, Mare
2: would be...
0: Blitzville already.
2: Mm-hmm. But we kinda already knew that.
0: Right. And we find out here about a relative of uh, Julian's as well, do we not? Yeah. Who is this?
2: Uh his sister was the queen. She's uh Cal's mom, oh. the queen that died. Coria. Eh? mm Mhm. Yeah.
0: So this is Cal's uncle. Mm hmm Actual blood uncle. Yep. Does he give us any. Does he divulge any information to Mare or say anything specifically about the current queen or Cal?
2: He clearly doesn't like Alara, but I mean, who, except Maven, really does? She kind of sucks. But he doesn't really say anything besides just how they're related.
0: Right, he does say that is how he can, is able to get cameras turned off, because he have, has, a yeah. of, a has a little bit, bit of...
2: Still has a little bit Quir- of power. Correct. He's the former Queen's brother, especially because the King kind of always loved Corianne, even after she died. And he can't fully love Alara.
0: So, so. Uh, there's a quote here, <clears throat> yes, that you... Uh, Wanted to read?
2: Oh, you think? You think there's a quote here? Okay, so, there are kind of three consecutive quotes.
0: These are Julianisms.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I really just wanted to quote, like, two-thirds of this chapter. All of (laughs) them. Yeah. Just the entire thing.
1: Some pretty important stuff.
2: But, uh, there are a few really good ones at the end. So, to give you a kind of, uh, context for this whole thing, um, Mare is talking about how Julian is a silver, and he should hate the Scarlet Guard, because he says he doesn't necessarily hate them. He doesn't hate reds, he doesn't think that they were just born to be inferior. So, Mare's like, what? That You're silver, you, you shouldn't think that, you're supposed to be bad. And he has a really deep quote that says, uh, and he Wait, says... hold on just
1: one second. I'm sorry. Can we back up just a second sure. to the part before that? Before the red-silver part where he's talking about the Scarlet Guard? Sure.
2: I didn't have that written down, but it's it's still good. I just think it's
1: inter- it's interesting the way he breaks it down to her. And, and again, <clears throat> readers that are familiar with the Hunger Games series are going to... You know, this is basically what they try to get Katniss to do as the Mockingjay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's, it's broken down for her in such a cool way. Mm-hmm. Julian says, you don't understand the power you have now and how much you could control. The Scarlet Guard are too drastic for most. Too much. Too fast. But you are the controlled change. The kind people can trust. You are the slow burn that will quench a revolution with a few speeches and smiles. You can speak to the Reds. Tell them how noble, how benevolent, how right the king and his silvers are. You can talk your people back into their chains. Even the silvers who question the king, the ones who have doubts, can be convinced by you. And the world will stay the same. Yeah. So if she succeeds in exactly what she's supposed to do nothing will change if she exactly. doesn't a lot of people are gonna die i mean a lot of people are gonna die if things stay the same true because the war is not gonna end but she could make it a million times worse if this lie about her being silverborn doesn't work yeah okay sorry <laughs>
2: So yeah, and that does kind of set up the whole thing where Mare says, uh, and you don't want that? You're silver. You should hate the Scarlet Guard and me. So she's getting kind of, kind of defensive right now. Like, what? You're silver? I don't understand this. You're, you're not evil?
0: And what does Julian say to her?
2: Julian says, thinking all silvers are evil is just as wrong as thinking all reds are inferior. Which is very deep and wise.
1: We'll read the rest of it, because
2: that's very poignant. Yeah, the rest of it is the second one.
0: Go
2: ahead. Uh, He says, what my people are doing to you and yours is wrong to the deepest levels of humanity, oppressing you, trapping you in an endless cycle of poverty and death, just because we think you are different from us. That is not right. And as any student of history can tell you, it will end poorly. Very
0: true. That's
1: very topical for present time, too.
0: Yes.
2: Yeah. I think it's so cool how he just laid that out so perfectly. He found the perfect words to say.
0: But he also, um, he's says he's supposed to train her to stop the rebellion. That's the whole point. Is
2: mm-hmm.
0: the, the paragraph that, that you read, Beth, was basically that's what he's supposed to train her to do. But that's not what he wants to do. He wants to train her to be able to use and control her abilities. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what he wants. And yeah. understand
1: She says her response to that whole thing about the blood divide is that she says, but we're not equal. Reds and silvers are not equal.
2: Yeah, we are different.
1: And Julian says, I'm looking at proof that you are.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Basically, Mare has now shown that there is no divide between reds and silvers. Mm-hmm. Right. A red can be exactly what a silver is. yeah, And I mean, not have to be highborn or have a big name or a nice right. dress.
2: The only thing that was really dividing them until this point was the fact that silvers had abilities.
0: And it clearly is kind of a scary notion to the few silvers who know mm-hmm. that reds, I mean, a red with an ability?
2: Yeah. That's
0: a game changer.
2: Yeah.
1: and it's really- well, yeah, that's, that's pretty much exactly what Julian says, is mm-hmm. that for hundreds of years, The Silvers have walked the earth as living gods, and the Reds have been slaves at their feet until you. If that isn't change, I don't know what is.
2: Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so important that she kind of almost goes along with this, like, so that she doesn't die, but that she still keeps enough of herself to be able to, like, break away from it and enact the change that she can.
0: Correct. Correct. I mean, you got to remember, like, if you're looking at it as a reader, you're like, okay, yeah, she stops the rebellion, but what does that do for the rest? I think it puts them right. I mean, I think everyone kind of realizes, as you're reading the book, that really this is heading towards a revolution and a war between the two. That's yeah. Sooner or later, that's that's the way you break out of this kind of tyranny if you're the oppressed.
2: Mm -hmm. If you're
0: the oppressor, you're doing anything you can to avoid that. But she's just 17. All she knows is she thinks her whole life's changed and she thinks, okay, well, I've got my brothers out of conscription. My family's going to be looked after. All I have to do is pretend to be this queen that I can do that. Or this princess, sorry. Sorry, Laura.
2: Don't say sorry.
0: So... But The point is, she doesn't understand or grasp exactly what's going on here. The full, even as Julian's telling her, I mean, Julian's laying it pretty eloquently right on her feet, exactly what's going on, and she doesn't quite get it.
1: Right. I, I don't think at this point in time, she's mentally at a place where she can get it. I think so many things have happened so fast. She's trying to keep all of this straight. In her head, exactly, and and this kind of it's just.
0: And again, she's seventeen.
1: Right, right. With, as we've seen, not a lot of formal education,
2: mm-hmm.
1: not a lot of high pressure social situations, Correct. things like that, yeah. where she's had a lot of eyes looking at her. In fact, her whole well being has been all about living in the shadows. And doing things without being noticed. And now everything she does
0: is noticed.
1: noticed.
2: Yeah. It's a huge change for her. And I think it's why she goes through so many emotions throughout this whole thing. And why it's just so hard for her to wrap her head around everything that's happening. Because she's never been in a situation like this. And it all comes crashing down on her. And then people just keep piling onto it. It just gets worse and worse for her.
1: Right. Every time she comes in contact with somebody and starts talking to them about it, they hammer home exactly how important it is that she toe that line. Yeah. But at least the information that Julian gives her um, is straightforward.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not sugar-coated. She doesn't have to read between the lines, you know. Yeah. And that's her favorite thing about Julian. That's my favorite thing about Julian uh, is that he he knows that she's going through a lot where she's not understanding the real reason things are happening. And he pretty much promises, I'm never going to do that to you. I'm always going to give it to you straight the way it should be. And tell you exactly what's going on. Yeah, and that's really refreshing for us as readers, because we have a lot of seemingly uh, unreliable narrators. Yeah, in this, not necessarily narrators, because Mayor's our main narrator, and at least in this book, but you know, the s- speeches the King gives. Yeah, are all BS. The
0: broadcast.
1: The broadcasts. All BS. The things Lara tells her, all BS.
2: Exactly. So much that she has to deal with is a lie, so it's very refreshing for her and for us as readers that Julian just gives it to you straight.
1: Yeah. And then it's kind of nice in the book, it's only, you know, maybe half a paragraph, but they let us know that Mare kind of picks up her routine. Yeah. And she does a lot better with the schedule... Than she thought she was gonna do, mm-hmm. and she, and gets she into actually, a yeah, she gets into a routine. She's got her lessons. She's learning things.
0: A lot of parades around at lunch and dinner.
1: Yeah. So then we get to the next big kind of feast or whatever. Um, this is not the last feast or the ball or whatever they're gonna have before they no. go back to Archeon.
2: Not even close. But.
1: Um, This is a a dinner where a bunch of the high families are there. Um, For the people keeping track at home, do you want to go over the families that they cover here real quick? Because I wrote them down. Can you go
2: over them since
1: you wrote them down? Yeah, no problem. Cool. So you can add to your list of families that we have already. You can add Osanos. They are nymphs, and their colors are blue and green. The Well family They're green wardens, which means they um, control, like, vegetation and stuff, so they can make, like, trees grow or, you know, ivy grow and overtake something.
0: Not the Jolly Green Giant. Not the
1: Jolly Green Giant, no.
2: Think a lot more violent.
1: Right. Their colors are green and gold. Oh, it might be something kind of like that tree scene in Evil Dead that you're always telling Um, we can't
0: go there on a family friendly. No, we can't, but I'm just saying. Great movie for you adults though. Uh
1: the Laralan family, they're oblivions and their colors are orange and red. Oh, the Well family is green and gold. I think I missed their colors. Nope, you said them. Okay, good. The uh, oh rhombos, we've met them already. Tyros, Nornus, Eral, and many more. Uh, House Atara. They're the House Viper doesn't say what their power was I don't think or what their ability was
2: it doesn't but it does say what their colors are
1: green and black yeah which is pretty awesome
2: oh no it does it does say
1: oh, does what it? their power
2: is because it has Her the house Atara because it has the name of the girl which is Atara then house of Viper is the house oh, and it right. has the colors and uh, she's an animos which means they can control like animals
1: oh right.
2: I, I knew what it was, but I didn't know if they said it there. I didn't want to make a fool of myself again.
1: So the Queen's Trial girls are here and they're participating in their favorite activity, which is making fun of Mare for growing up for
2: Yep. It's like a game for them. It's like who can insult her the most at this point? Evangeline always wins.
1: Mare smarts off. And she says, "Being forced to live such lives with no respite, no reprieve, and no escape would make servants of anyone."
2: Yeah, and I mean it's true. She's bringing up a really good point, but they don't want to hear that. Uh, that kind of shuts them up. After that,
1: they kind of they kind of shut up a little bit. Yeah,
2: they they also shut up because then Alara was like, "She's she's being handled. I promise." This won't happen again, I swear.
0: So then we get another uh, mention of the Scarlet Guard here, don't we?
2: Yeah, this was kind of a...
0: Kind of started a kerfuffle?
1: Yeah, kind of a A jarring exchange.
2: A little bit. So, there's kind of another character. You don't need to go too deep into her. She's not a super huge character.
0: Colonel McCampus. Yeah. She
1: flat out asks Alara... What does His Royal Highness intend to do about the rebels?
2: Yeah. So she's challenging the Queen, yeah. which is something you you don't do, right? really. And Alara, her reply is just, I would hardly call them rebels. So she's not answering the question. She's right. trying to discredit the Scarlet Guard. Just like yeah. a politician. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. She's so diplomatic. So the Colonel lists
1: off, all of the possible attacks that could be linked to the Scarlet Guard that Mare has not heard of. Yeah. Do you have a list of those?
2: I mean, they're in the book, right. so I can just list those off. There was off. an airfield
0: yeah. attack in Delphi. Yep.
2: Yeah. So um, she lists them, and she says, uh, the explosion in Harbor Bay or the airfield attack in Delphi. And Three the- air jets destroyed and two more stolen from one of our own bases. As well as
0: the Archeon bombing.
2: Yeah. And that's the one that they took credit they for. They took credit for. So they've clearly been doing some damage, and uh, Colonel McCanthos here is kind of just throwing this in Alara's face. Like, are you really going to keep lying about this? Because it's clear what they've been doing, and your lies don't work on me. So shut up.
0: But Alara just keeps right on talking all kinds of mad garbage, doesn't she, to Colonel McCampus, basically. Yeah.
2: Like, she tries explaining them all away with things. Lies, obviously. They're
0: small, they're contained, they're cowardly. That's what she uses to, to describe the Scarlet Guard.
2: Yeah, and I can, I'm gonna read the excuses she gives for those Oh yeah, because they, they are classic. <laughs> so, um, she kinda also insults her a little bit. Alara kind of insults the colonel here. Oh yeah, bit. big time. She says, are you an engineer? Then you wouldn't understand how a gas leak in the bay was at fault for the explosion. And remind me, do you command aerial troops? Oh no, I'm so sorry. Your, sh- your specialty lies with ground forces. The airfield incident was a training exercise overseen by Lord General Laris himself. He has personally assured His Highness the utmost safety of the Delphi base. <laughs>
0: Spin—that's what we call spin in the media world. They're spinning it. Yeah. And these are things that Mayor hasn't heard of, though. Mayor Arkham Arkielvami. She had just just a couple of days before even heard of the Scarlet Guard. Now. She's mm-hmm. hearing of all these attacks that they think may be related to the Scarlet Guard and Farley, who mm-hmm. she's like terrified of at this point.
2: I mean, who wouldn't be? Farley's a little scary. But also, it scares Mare in another way because she's also scared that whenever people start talking about the Scarlet Guard, she starts thinking about them and about the fact that she does know Farley. And if the Queen were to get inside her mind at that time, she would know about Mare's attachment to the Scarlet Guard, which yeah. could put her in some serious trouble.
0: Which brings me to my first big question. At this point, in reading, see, I'm going to break down the podcast just for a minute because one of the things that we wanted to do here was have some people, and usually that's Mia, you, and your mom, who have read these books through, and we want to bring it in so that if you're if you've read all the books, that's fine. You can be part of the discussion. If you haven't and you want to read along, that's what I do. I basically read these chapters and come in from the perspective of the person who just read it the first time and you guys are the expert. Oh yeah. So so that's what we're what we're doing here. The first big question I have in the books that's that's eating at me at this point is Alara can read minds. I don't know exactly how her her power works, or what she can read, if she read everybody at once, how that works?
2: I can answer that first question for you right okay. now. She can only read one person's mind at a time, so in like a group setting, she's basically useless well, like with all has, their minds and stuff. She has
0: to really focus?
2: Yeah, to um, read like one person's mind.
0: So, uh, there's a lot of things that are going in Mare's mind all the time, and Laura's around her quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder that either Alara already knows more than Mare thinks she does at this point, from her mind,
2: mm-hmm.
0: or there's a reason why Alara is not reading her mind more. So I'm just I, I know we don't have answers for that yet, but that's one of the things that kind of popped popped into my head.
2: That's at true this point. because there was also after she got caught when Alara when Mare was passed out and Alara just had free reign of Mare's mind, right. and. Like, did she look for that stuff? Does Alara already know? Correct. Like, how has that not necessarily crossed Mare's mind yet?
0: So, just something to think about as we move forward. And this is also the point where, um, mm-hmm. after the Alara Macanthos argument, we get a little bit of Mare's internal monologue again, where she's thinking to herself, can I trust Maven?
2: Yeah. She has a little bit of, like, I'm not really trusting him at this point, but he has, he hasn't done anything wrong. He hasn't been mean to me. He hasn't, I mean, he got, uh, the panther off my back, which is
0: cool. Right. But he has done one thing wrong.
2: What?
0: Had Laura as a mom.
2: That's, that's literally her one issue with him at this point. It's like, I mean, but how do I know that he's not just like his mom? That's and the one thing holding and, her back.
0: And to top all these trust issues off, she's got to marry him. Exactly. Which
1: she knows he's not happy about either.
0: Yeah. Right. So She does. And that's one of the things that... And not necessarily, he's not like, I don't want to marry mayor. mare. She's, she's a fish. She's a Uggo. It's not like that. He just wants a choice.
2: Yeah.
0: And you kind of can understand that from you know his point of view.
2: Yes, you can understand that from his point of view. But it's hard for Mare to like really feel any pity or sympathy or anything Pretty because she, b- yeah, because she's she's never had a choice in anything, let alone something that trivial. Like her life has basically been predetermined just because she's red, and he's thinking, man, I wish I could choose who I got to marry.
0: Well, in fairness, his life's been predetermined since also he's a prince. That's true. So they kind of have some similarities. He just had really, really nice, awesome stuff. <laughs> never poor And abilities and service. Okay, it's a bit different.
2: <laughs> Let's just say he has everything. She had nothing. Which would you rather be predetermined by birth? The one
1: thing that he had... She ended up getting taken away from him. So he's got a major resentment issue with her right there. Yeah. Hmm. Mare. Because he lost his choice on who he gets to marry. He has to marry her. That was like the one thing he was looking forward to was being able to pick
0: Who who he
1: wanted to marry.
2: But he's saying that that's like the one thing he wanted because he already has literally everything else. So, this oh no, part, I never found it in myself to feel really sorry for him. No, at no, this no, no, no,
1: I'm not saying I feel sorry for him.' I'm just saying that's why he's would have reason to be resentful of Mare and why she kind of has a bad taste in her mouth about the whole thing too,
2: <clears throat> yeah.
1: This next part, I think, is my favorite part of the book so far. What Julian? we've covered so far. Yes.
2: More Julian! More Julian!
1: Literally just, the best
2: part of this chapter. It's because he's most of the chapter, but still.
1: Yeah, just the, the way that they write these interactions with Mare are the way that she writes it. Victoria Aviard writes it. it. It just seems like he's found a way to Get through to Mare, mm-hmm. and because she kind of, I, don't, I, don't, I clears out her mind is not really the best way to say it at this point, because she has to break those thought patterns that she's having before she can even clear her mind to increase her ability. Mm-hmm. But Julian is able to get her to a point where she feels so comfortable with him that uh, there's a uh, direct quote she says the power of the electricity is the only thing in her head blocking out the ghosts and memories. So she's feeling this power and feeling the surge in her and through the help of Julian And that is breaking all of these negative feelings that she was having and all of this self-doubt and all of the pity parties and that kind of stuff. And she's able to kind of smash through that and find a way to actually clear her head. And then is only then is she able to truly use her ability.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: But we find out something super cool about her ability, too.
2: Yeah, so um, Julian does something where he uh, measures the amount of electricity in the room before she uses her ability, and then measures it after, and he finds out that she can actually produce electricity, not just manipulate it, which is different from any other silver that can... Uh, that has an ability that has something to do with an element or something like that, they can't create it. has to
0: be there for them to manipulate it. Yeah. For instance, the bracelets that, Mm -hmm. that Cal wears that give him the flame that he controls. Yeah. She can conjure up electricity.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she comes up with a name for it pretty quick. I thought that was cute. Calling up the lightning. She's already got a name for it.
0: And now we can talk about also in those earlier episodes where we discussed things to write down, the foreshadowing, like when Mayor was fixing the fuse box and there was a little spark and the power came back on.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And the use of, where they use the term when she gets an idea or when something happens to her, it hit her like a bolt of lightning. They use that over and over prior to this. Mm -hmm. The author does a good job of really... Laying the groundwork for what's going to happen, you don't even realize it until.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of hints and foreshadowing in this series, the entire series, really, that you just don't think about when you're reading through it the first time. So when you get to where that foreshadowing is relevant, you're just like, oh, there was probably something there that I missed. But you don't realize just how much there was until you read back through the book. Exactly.
0: I think also. Like you were saying, with Julian, is able to help her calm down and relax. The more she does that, and the more she starts using the ability, the more she loves. I had it written down in my notes that she harnesses electricity in a ball and she throws it at a bookshelf across the room. That's what she liked. She was like super happy. So he's helping her to relax so she can use her power and the more she's learning to use and control her ability, the happier it's making her. Yeah. It
2: actually feels really good like she's finally able to be who she is.
0: Right. The The point, Julian's just seems to be, you know, is it just because, he's a good teacher. Is it just because he's just good with her? Or is he good with, you know, I get the feeling that he could probably teach anybody just the way he's written, that Probably. he's just yeah. a great instructor. He could yeah. teach anyone, he could find a way to teach anyone, and that's mm-hmm. why he does what he does.
1: Yeah. But when when he tells Mare that she is the first person that he has seen that can create the element that mm-hmm. they can also manipulate, he says, You're something more than silver and Mare thinks something different. Mm-hmm. So she's not she's not looking at it as a frame of reference of being now above what already exists. She's looking at it being like to the side, like an yeah. outcast. Julian's trying to explain. She still to sees her,
2: herself as almost inferior when she's yeah. really superior.
1: Right, right. Julian's trying to explain to her like you still don't get it. Like, you are something this world has never seen. And she's instantly like, that's a bad thing. Yeah. So what does she... She do? doesn't want to stick out.
0: What does she do? She goes back to Mayor 101. And Run! Falls. She runs away.
1: I don't know where she thinks she's going.
0: <laughs> that yeah. was my
1: first thing. <laughs> How she did ran
0: this turn out last like, time, girl?
2: Uh, where are you going? Also, you don't know the layout of this place. You right. know, like, the four places you've been.
0: You Your know there room?
2: are cameras everywhere. You know, like your room, the throne room, the room that Julian's lessons are held in and the room that Protocol's in. That's about all she really knows how to get to. Yeah. And she has never gone there alone because Lucas has always been with her. Right. So where does she think she's going? Where no does clue. she think she's gonna wind up? No clue. Didn't get this at all. It was just like it's it's
1: like when you get mad when you're a little kid and you trash your own stuff. <laughs>
2: Like, like, now your parents are going to make you clean that up. Right.
1: You're just going to be the one that has to clean it up. I don't get it. So she bolts, no idea where she's going. And also. She can feel the cameras watching her as she's running. And
2: also she thinks, like, she even thinks this, which at least she's self-conscious enough to think that. How, when is someone going to catch me? And who is it going to be? Like, is it going to be like Cal or Maven and everything's going to be fine? Well, the
0: Sentinels catch her this time.
2: Or is it going to be sentinels, and it's, like, she's screwed.
0: Yeah. She's like, let me go.
2: Like, let me go. And That's then, how I imagine it. She's really whiny when she says that, like, let me go. And then
0: who shows up? <sighs> Maven. Maven shows up.
1: <laughs> but he gets her, gets them to let her go. It's true. And she runs outside. He does. And they have this wonderful exchange in the rain.
2: Yeah, so cute, so romantic. Mare's makeup holds, which she's happy about.
1: I guess it's waterproof. I guess. Her mascara is not, but she's silver-facing.
0: Maven tells her he understands how she feels. And of course, in her head, she's like, No, you don't.
2: <laughs> yeah. not understand. She's still. Mare, Mare and I shared kind of distrust for Maven in the beginning. I was like, I don't trust this guy. I don't know why. Alara's son, I guess. She, she doesn't just,
0: actually say stop pretending to know anything about me or my feelings.
2: Yeah. Her her trust issues rubbed off on me. Thanks a lot, Mare. I'm gonna have trust issues for the rest of my life.
0: Then Maven though starts to kinda break into the whining game too a little bit.
2: Yeah, he does. I we set this up previously. He he whines a lot. He whines a lot.
0: Is he said he's not free? Can't do whatever he wants, can't marry who he wants, and, oh, by the way, Cal is better than me in literally every way possible.
2: Yep. Yeah, but you still have everything, dude. Like, you shouldn't be this whiny.
0: And at this point, there's a little piece of mare that is feeling sorry for Maven.
1: Yeah. He's instantly like, you need to shut that down. Like, you can't be wearing your heart on your sleeve if you're yeah. going to play in this world. Right. Silvers don't do that. They don't think that way. They don't show that kind of emotion. They don't let people into their heart. They don't let people into their mind to control their feelings. Foreshadowing.
0: Yeah, there was even, there was a quote. What was the quote that, what was it exactly that he said?
2: Uh, he says, you better hide that heart of yours, Lady Titanos. It won't lead you anywhere you want to go.
1: But then he extends a bit of an olive branch because he realizes that bit. she's homesick. Mm-hmm. And he says, I can help with that.
2: Yeah. You're homesick. I can fix that. Yeah. Come with me, And I'll make everything better.
1: We don't get Mare's response in this chapter because that's where the chapter ends. But I just, like, I can see Mare's face in my head. And she's just got the most incredulous look on her face. Like, really? You want me to go somewhere with you? <laughs> I was just heading on my way out of here, and now you've stopped me, and I'm not
2: yeah. out of here. Like, just let me be
1: hasty so <laughs> Yeah, I think she's real skeptical of what Maven is pitching her. Here. Yeah.
2: Where he's going to take her and everything. But Oops. that's that's the cliffhanger for the yeah, next chapter.
0: That's the cliffhanger. Yeah. Where do you think they're going? He said homesick. Yeah. Is he actually I mean, gonna take homesick. her home?
1: I guess. I guess. Mean, I, I mean. mean not gonna
0: work. I guess if they actually have sent this letter off, then they their parents think that she's like a servant or something. But, right. I mean, they're gonna see her on TV sooner or later because they're bringing so, yeah, her and all that stuff. I right. think.
2: I think Cal did say something about that in like a previous. Yeah. They chapter. Did. He said something about, like, your family knows that you're going to have to stay here, but they still think you're a servant. When your life becomes more public, we'll find a way to deal with that. Yeah, so mm-hmm. they know that's a bridge they're going to have to cross anyway.
0: Yeah. Say it wasn't me. They'll be watching TV, and Geese will be like, Mom, isn't that mayor right there? No, There's
2: honey, there. it's not.
1: No, not
0: her.
2: <laughs>
1: Look, that's clearly a silver.
2: <laughs> Shade will just be like, Mom, come on, man, like it's clearly her. Nope, honey, it's not. Yeah. That's that's not your sister that you've known her entire seventeen year life.
0: So we've we've met a few a couple of new characters. One really important. I think Julian's gonna be an important character from what I've met mean. very, very important. important. Yeah. So like, um And we've gotten through the schedule and we've seen and learned some new things about Air's abilities in these couple of chapters. And we've also learned that Mare can't stop running away.
2: hmm
0: And that she's, again, so young and so, I don't want to say in over her head. Of course, she's in over her head, but she didn't do this on purpose. But she's just in a position where she, she can't fully comprehend the scope of everything that's going on around yeah. her, which she's in the center of. She knows she's in the center of some stuff, But she doesn't quite comprehend
2: Exactly what Exactly how
0: huge it is. Right. For the world.
1: I think she may have gotten a layer of the onion peeled back
2: in these
0: characters. Julian does a lot of that for her. Yeah,
2: Julian really helps. Julian is such a good person. He's just a good person. Yeah. In general. Yeah. He's a good teacher. He really helps her get through a lot of this. And it's so sweet. Okay, so I think that
1: wraps up our discussion on chapters 12 and 13.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So make sure, everybody, that you go check out our website that we have up, readingwiththerockenfellers.com. You can find all of our episodes there as well as our blog and pictures of our beautiful smiling faces. Um, You can shoot us an email. We love to hear from our fans. Uh, reading with the Rockefellers at gmail.com is our email address. You can follow us on Instagram at reading with the Rockefellers. And then on Twitter, we are at Rockefeller read. So we always love to hear from our fans. We want to hear what you guys want us to cover in this series. And then we're about halfway through book one. So when we get to the end of book one, We'd like to do a little bonus episode for you guys, a little dream casting, a little Mm -hmm. fan casting. It's going to be more like a mini
2: series. Maybe, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, The show will be out hopefully in 2023 on Peacock. We'll see when we get a release date, but it's very early stages production. But we have lots of ideas on what we would want our dream cast to be. But we want to hear from you guys. So find us on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, visit our website, shoot us an email again, reading with the Rockefellers at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of us and tell us what you think. Um, let's, let's drop one casting from our dream cast real quick to the get one, the
0: people talking. Is it the one that everybody already knows it's, about?
2: It's the one everybody
1: already knows about.
0: It's about Maven? Yeah.
2: Yeah. We all agree on who Maven should be.
0: But we want to hear your thoughts
2: too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think it should be definitely Timothy Chalamet. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: You've seen Dune. One
2: hundred percent.
0: Don't look He's up bald. on
1: Netflix.
2: Don't Check use that. One that. Out. Don't use that as a <laughs> reference.
1: He's got great hair in that one. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs>
2: Stop lying to people, mom.
0: Well, when, when, when I started reading, you were right. As soon as I started reading the character oh, the yeah. description and his mannerisms and the way he Maven is in the book, I'm like, yeah, I can't.
1: I can't
0: think of anybody else at this point.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, guys, find us on social media, shoot us an email, check out our website. We'd love to hear from you, and we will see you next week.
2: Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.